Welcome into We Are SC. Welcome into Four Downs. This is Eric McKinney, joined by Greg Katz. Greg, we're talking uh, about another big one here at the <laughs> over the second half of the season. Feels like they're all pretty big. Number five, Washington Huskies coming to the Coliseum. Take on the number 24, USC Trojans. This is Saturday night, evening, late afternoon, 4.30 kick. Uh, it's going to be on ABC. And this feels like that proverbial rubber meeting the road here where USC had a had a big one against Notre Dame and couldn't get it done. Seemed to have a big one against Utah and couldn't get it done. Now this one is huge for first place in the Pac-12. A win would set USC up pretty well to to finish the year. Um, kind of give everybody one loss there at the top. But let's dive into our first down here. And that's that USC offense going on the field. The the thing, the thing you're looking for when the USC offense is on the field against Washington. Just how physical and how strong and effective the offensive line is. Uh, they're going to do what they're told to do. In other words, this is all going to get back to Lincoln Riley. He's calling the plays. Uh, whether they have to, they can get some sort of run uh, rhythm going. Uh, they've got the group to do it. I don't think this Washington defense is particularly strong. Uh, they're not a great sacking team, which is, should be music to the ears of Caleb Williams. Uh, and if he gets feeling comfortable, uh, it's going to be a good showing by the SC offense. Uh, I don't think that Washington is um, – I don't think they've been in this type of environment. Remember when they beat Oregon, they did it up in Washington. It's kind of like USC going to Notre Dame. I kind of see it as Washington coming down to USC, except, of course, Penix, by statistics, is better than Sam Hartman was at Notre Dame. But that being said, if it's truly 77,500 pack, and I'm sure there'll be more Washington fans than usual because they're, you know, they're knocking on the door of the college football playoffs, it could get really rowdy in there. And I'll tell you one thing, if they do show up, the SC fans, and they're ready to rock and roll, as you pointed out. Uh, they keep getting bigger, and we'll pretend they're not going up to Oregon next week uh, and and kind of kind of uh, marinate in this game a little bit. But I think the SC offense should be fine, uh, which, of course, I know what you're all thinking, and I'm sure we'll get to that uh, coming up shortly. Your thoughts, Eric? Right. The yeah, but will be second down. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get to the USC defense. So... <laughs> For me, there, there's a couple things. I think the USC offense can't go through those lulls that they've had where, and, and this kind of, Lincoln Riley talks about it a lot, everything kind of working hand in hand, where you have this, where the defense will put together three or four actual kind of good, solid drives in a row, and the USC offense isn't taking advantage and playing well during those and throwing three touchdowns up on the board and kind of stretching things are sort of struggling at the same time. So I think that's it for this, for me, for the USC offense. You cannot have big lulls. You're not going to score on every drive, I think. I, maybe maybe they will, and we're talking about that after. But you can't have the, the three drives, the four drives in a row where you're just kind of scuffling and, and can't get it together because this Washington defense has, give, has, has done a good job at – 
kind of the the bend but don't break, which I think a lot of times is what's on the other side of big, high-scoring, big-play offenses. Washington has given up a bunch of yards this year, but done a good job at limiting the points that they've allowed. And that's something where we thought maybe USC could do that this year, where where you let teams kind of go wild between the 20s, but you lock it up and, and you keep points from piling up. Washington's been able to do that. USC cannot let them do that. Washington's been pretty good on defense in the red zone at limiting touchdowns once teams get in there. USC has to be great. I I think those are the two things. You've got to take advantage and move the ball on, if not every drive, certainly well over 70% of your drive, 75% of your drives. And then you cannot settle for field goals and you cannot miss field goals. If you do get forced into field goals, you've got to, you've got to score when you get down low, when you get down in the red zone, USC has got to score touchdowns in this game. And I think that's, that's a big matchup. The red zones kind of for both sides. And then yes, it's football, right? It's, it's always that, but I think it's, it's really key uh, for this one. So let's go to the, let's go to the, yeah, but let's go to second down. And this is the, the USC defense that when the USC defense is on the field against this Washington offense, what's your key? What's, what's your one thing you're looking for? Well, you had to ruin the whole thing. I thought we were I feeling very confident after the first quarter. <laughs> yeah. But so, uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you what, I've watched Washington play about three or four times uh, out of curiosity. And I wanted to learn and see what they're doing. I, I think the key to me is keep the ball in front of you uh, in a secondary. I think they have a decent running game, but not awe-inspiring running game. I mean, Dylan Johnson is work is a workmanlike running back. Uh, I think their offensive line is okay. Uh, but here's the point, uh, if you want to work down the d- different levels of defense, you know, I think SC is, you know, this is a real advantage. Washington is not good, uh, maybe in the protecting in some ways of, of, of their quarterback in watching them play. And SC is actually pretty aggressive when it comes to sacking quarterbacks. The big question to me would be how many opportunities to sack the quarterback are they going to get? but blow it, miss tackles, contain, because Penix is not Caleb Williams uh, running the ball. So they can keep him in the pocket, and, you know, he's kind of a sitting duck there. But keeping the ball in front is sounds a lot easier said than done. Uh, the SC corners, uh, good athletes, but not highly productive in a lot of ways. And I look at Romo Dunze, uh Kind of reminds me of some of the SC big receivers of the past, Drake London. Uh, you know, I, I could go back as far as Michael Williams. He's a man among boys. He's a first-round draft pick. And that is, to me, not a good sign for USC. But the point is, is also they've got excellent uh, receivers besides Odunze. Jalen Polk is another one. And obviously, they got a great coach who knows the system. You know, we might be there for eight hours considering all the passing that will be done. Uh, I hope they serve two meals in the press box. But um, let's see if SC can eliminate the big play. If they get off on big plays and get a lead, SC is going to really be challenged. And USC is is better. USC offensively 
actually is better than Washington in terms of that big play, in terms of the the 40-yard-plus plays and all that. But Washington is right up there, right up there, in terms of any team USC will play this year, uh, in terms of you know 10-plus yards, 20-plus yards, just those chunk plays where they can get over that second level and really hit you for – for 20 yard passes, 25 yard passes and, and do it that way. And, and I'm with you. I, I think what we've seen work a little bit against Washington is what's worked against USC. It, it's when offenses are that good and they can be that successful and they're that confident in being able to put up yards and put up points. It's, fr- it's frustrating to have to settle for a four yard pass. To, to throw something short and get tackled, to have to run the ball for three and a half yards of a carry. That can be frustrating and you can start to press and push. And we've seen that happen with USC and the teams I think that have frustrated Washington have been able to do that. So the the three yard or three play 75 yard touchdown drives that Cal was putting up against USC can't happen, right? You, you just can't let Washington get those easy touchdowns where somebody just gets loose and one guy makes a play and then he's gone. So I'm I'm with you on all that. My my sort of key that I'm going to be watching is the run game actually for Washington. And and I know this is kind of a maybe like a C plot point like down down up, but look, Michael Penix is going to throw for a ton of yards. Washington throws for a ton of yards. I could say I could say right now that Washington averaged 7 averages 700 yards passing a game. And you'd think it is is that true? Or do is it that much? I mean, it is it is an incredible number. They're the number one passing offense in the country. They throw the ball all over the field. They are that good. I think that if you're the USC defense, you're okay if Michael Penix needs to throw the ball 50 times, 56, 55 times, 60 times to put up those big yards because it has to come in small chunks. What I think you cannot allow if you're the USC defense, you cannot allow Dylan Johnson to get going on the ground. You cannot allow Washington to force you to bring an extra guy into the box and to actually concentrate on that Washington running game because they run for about a hundred yards a game and they're down in, in the low hundreds in terms of rushing offense. But we've seen offenses that aren't great running offenses run it against USC. And when you have to now defend both of those things against a team that can throw it as well as Washington can, you are, I mean, you're not even on your heels. You're like laying flat on your back. I mean, you you cannot, you cannot defend that. So I I think that's a key is, yeah, they're going to throw it. Yeah, they're going to complete passes. You have to be okay with that, I think. And you can't let them rip off big chunk plays on the ground and have 15-yard rushing touchdowns against you and and things like that. So it's not the, – the run game is not something we talk about a lot with Washington. But if that's going also and there's kind of that two-pronged attack that they can get going, then I think the USC defense, which, which is already kind of, you know – it's it's scary, right? Going to, going against this Washington offense. So I think if they can kind of button up against the run and Barry Alexander, I think is huge in that his presence in the middle. I think it gives USC maybe something that they can hold on to 
in terms of going up against this thing. And then you just try to tackle those receivers. You try, you try to have someone in the secondary make a play or two and you get something tipped on third down and, and you make Washington punt and you see if you can get up and, and start going. All right. That's a long way. I think for both of us to say good luck to the USC defense. I mean, you're, they, they, the way they've played recently, right? Washington's been in some tight games, four games in a row, really tight against some teams that USC kind of got blasted for being tight against in, in those games too. So Washington hasn't destroyed everybody, but USC's defense has given up yards and points to anyone that they have lined up against this year. And so the thought is that Washington's going to have certainly have the advantage coming in on offense. Well, I will say this. When you go comparative scores, Mm -hmm. it's interesting to note that um, SC uh, pretty much handled uh, Stanford uh, in a lot of ways. Uh, They, you know, they, they beat them 56 to 10. But that was early in the season. And then last week, of course, Washington uh, really was on its heels against Stanford and pulled out a 42-33. So you'd have to say Stanford has improved. Uh, I think the problem is for SC when you start comparing scores is that uh, the defenses of the two teams, uh, Washington and USC, while Washington is a little bit above when you look at standings of overall defense, uh, you know, it could be that I, I think two things before I know you want to move on to the next uh, t- point, but no, we're good. We're going to have to we're going to have to look at how many sacks each team can get. Who's likely to get more sacks? I think SC will get more sacks only because Penix doesn't maneuver around like like Williams. And it'll come down to turnover, specifically interceptions. Uh, we know that Penix, you know, everyone points to look at what look, look what happened to Caleb Williams, you know. He 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 got three in the first half against Notre Dame. Penix has had some some issues there too at times. So that you know that kind of balances out. So like all big games, of course, here duh, it's going to get down to turnovers, right? Uh, but when you put the ball in the air that many times, you have a chance of creating turnovers. I, I'll say this: if SC can get a couple of turnovers early, that could really shake up Washington a little bit. And like I said, if the crowd is into it, which they probably will be. Uh, hopefully, yes. Hopefully, hopefully. hopefully. Yes. Yeah, we. No, I mean, no you problem. saw it, right? Washington Washington has the, the biggest win in the Pac-12 this year against Oregon. That was that was at home, right? That was in Seattle Husky Stadium, and the crowd was nuts. Like that that has to be that has to be a help. That has to be a help for USC, I think, in, in this game. And you've got to get you gotta get Washington a little rattled. But like you mentioned, can they can they play as the number five undefeated favored team coming into the Coliseum? Well, I, I in my opinion. The best team right now is Oregon. That's not taking away that uh, that Washington, you know, the win doesn't count. Of course it counts. But you know what? I think that at this point of the season on a neutral field in Las Vegas, I think Oregon's on a mission. I don't even want to think about Oregon at this point in time. Let's just We're say, already on the next week. Yeah, we well, I'll tell you, there won't be a next week if SC loses this one. It'll make things really difficult for them, but yeah, and and I think it's an important note, right? Washington is that undefeated number five in the country, but but these are not giants, right? Washington is not untouchable. Like they right. they were a defensive score 
at the end of a, a game where they really struggled against Arizona State, and that was at home. That, that was up in Washington. The right. Stanford game was at Stanford, but at Stanford is not a difficult environment to play in, right? They struggled a little bit against Arizona. There's the loss to, I mean, the, the win against Oregon, which again is is huge, but they didn't blow Oregon out. This is, this is, this does not feel like when USC was absolutely just running through the Pac-12, Pac-10, Pac-12 years ago, uh, they felt there there were years where they just felt untouchable by by some of the teams, even the ranked teams. This Washington team is not that. USC can can score on this team. USC last year proved they can get some turnovers. There, there's been a little bit more turnover luck, I think, recently. So it sets up, I think it sets up okay if USC plays well. The question is, can you play well? Can you play well on all three sides? And can you do it sustained for four quarters, which we still still have not seen we're coming we're coming into to the end of the season and we're still waiting for this team to well, play four quarters like like we expected them to be able to play agree I, I will say this and I've said it this last couple of weeks I don't as as flawed as the USC team is or imbalanced as they are I still don't think they've played their best game of the year mm-hmm. they have not done that you could argue that Washington played their best game of the year when they beat Oregon you could you could make a, a a strong argument if this is the game that SC is going to play uh, their best game of the year. Uh, this would be the game to do it. Uh, we'll see. Well, actually, you know what, Eric, we'll see how USC handles a home field advantage if the fans are really into it. That can be, you know, sometimes you say, well, we're going to have everybody for us, but that kind of changes an environment that they have not seen on a regular basis in the Coliseum when it's rocking in the Coliseum, it's as good as anywhere. And the point is, is how much pressure will USC feel? It's a battle between pressure and motivation. You know, they, they could be really motivated, but by the same token, and remember this, I think one thing that we should keep in mind here, Penix and, and Caleb Williams are fighting for a Heisman trophy, right? On an individual basis. And I, I hope that neither one of them really thinks this way or their coaching staffs, to be quite honest with you, that one isn't distracted by how the other's doing. And uh, because let's face it, you're going to have ABC's number one team of Chris Fowler and Herb Street. And what they say can also be somewhat influential, even with Heisman voters. So there's going to be pressure in those quarterbacks, right? Yeah. So this this is going to be a statement game for either one of them. Big, big one. And it's what right. It's why you come to USC. The, these these kind of games usually you you hope you're the other team. You hope you're the undefeated number five team. But there's going to be eyeballs all over this game, and and it's a big week. It's a big week with some big games in college football, and this one is right up there with, with any of them. Right. All right. Let's go to third down. Third down, as always, uh, brought to you by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the simplest form of real money daily fantasy sports. Just pits you against the numbers. Whether you're a fantasy sports nut or a casual fan looking to add some excitement to the games, Prize Picks is the perfect game for you. What you do is go to prizepicks.com or download the app. And right now you want to enter promo code SC. Prize Picks will match your first deposit up to $100. How you play, you pick two to six players. You can win up to 25 times your money on any entry for each of those players you're going to pick if they go more or less than the number given 
Greg, uh, we crushed it last week. Crushed it three for three. Uh, we went we went over a lot on on the offensive numbers against USC or with with USC Cal, and uh, paid off. We also uh, went less. Caleb Williams throwing zero interceptions, uh, and and he came up came up with it there. So let's go this week, and we are going we are going big offense again, big offense. So started with. Michael Penix and I, I'm I'm rolling with the USC defense to get an interception. So Michael Penix more than 0.5. And this is like you mentioned, Washington's fumbled the ball a bit. Penix has thrown six interceptions through eight games, which isn't a huge number, but for a guy kind of fighting for that Heisman trophy and for someone who is as efficient with the ball as Penix, this is three straight games with an interception for him. So the thought here is that USC can do enough to make it four. Uh, and then when you're looking down there, I went, I think, I think the top two wide receivers, you know, top, top for USC, Taj Washington, top for Washington, Roma Dunze, both more than the numbers. So that's Taj Washington getting to, to 80 and Roma Dunze who averages about, about 110, a little more than that getting to to 116 or more. And then I think Caleb Williams throws it all over. This Washington secondary is 116 in the country in terms of passing yards allowed. I know USC probably needs to run it a little bit and ball control to keep Washington's offense off the field. But I've got a feeling that Caleb Williams comes out, kind of chip on his shoulder, not looking, you know, like you mentioned, not looking to prove that he's better than Michael Penix, but this is a, this feels like a big time players, right? Make big time plays in, in big time games kind of situation. And I think that USC passing game gets, gets going against a, a Washington secondary. We're used to Washington kind of pumping out corners and defensive backs over the years. They've been really good at it. There's some talent back there, but haven't really put it all together this season and and teams have been able to throw at them a little bit. So that's my thought on those. A lot of mores in this one, as I think the assumption from both of us is that that scoreboard operator is going to be maybe working overtime on Saturday. Agree. What do you like about those? Anything, anything jump out? Would you go the other way on any of those? No, I, I think you pretty much summed it up. I'm more concerned about Odunze matching that average in the first half. It's, uh, you know, he, he could really toy with these guys and bring up some big plays. And I got a guy that's on the spot. Of course, he's been on the spot the whole year. He's been on the barbecue uh, spit in LA is, uh, defense coordinator, Alex Grinch. I think it's pretty much. I, I don't think I'm going out on a limb here that we don't expect he'll be back next year, but that's next year. That's the end of the season. He could do a, a a great service for himself wherever his future might be, if he comes up with a game plan that that uh, you know works to perfection. Of course, you know the one thing about it is, you know, it, it's easy to criticize a coach, but unless you can see practices like which we don't get to see in this uh, in the Lincoln uh, Riley era, you know, it's it's very probable, not possible, but probable that the players don't all do what he wants them to do, that they hit the wrong gap. They don't, they don't, uh, you know, cover the way they're supposed to cover. Uh, 
and it's just kind of a snowball effect. And of course, since he's the high high paid DC, uh, it's going to reflect on him. But I am curious to see what he does because those numbers that we were talking about just moments ago may may come down to whether they follow his instructions, and it goes back down to even watching how, you know, how they how the the corners play on an island. Uh, whether they turn the ball, how many, how many, you know, one of a, a good one would be how many uh, uh, pass interference calls are there going to be in this game? You know, this could go right down to the nitty gritty of the pack, the legendary Pac-12 officiating. Well, you because- saw Cal, Cal put it in their hands a little bit on a couple of drives. Let's just throw it down there and, and see what we can do. And I, I, I can't remember anywhere a USC corner or secondary player came up and knocked a ball away except for at the very end on the two point conversion. But Cal right. got, Cal got some pass interference penalties and, and Romo Dunze can do he can do anything. You can get him the ball right at the line. He'll go deep. He'll work over the middle. He'll he that that pick to me was as easy as Jade not going over whatever his or or sorry r- rushing for more than whatever his number was uh last week. That that felt like a slam dunk that he was going to get going on the ground. Romo Dunze is the guy and Washington is not going to allow USC to take him out of the game. Although you mentioned earlier, they've got, they've got weapons kind of everywhere, but Romo Dunze is going to have the ball in his hands. USC has got to tackle him because again, you can give up you can give up the six yard passes. You can let him have the ball. You've got to tackle. You've got to rally to the ball and you've got to tackle. And to your point about, is Alex Grinch asking them to do this and then they're doing something else? Coaches and players too are pretty open about yes, that's that's what's happening is on on the plays that hit against the USC defense, one guy, two guys went the wrong way and now this is open. And that just begs the question that everyone has sort of asked all year and no one can really put their finger on it. Why? Why why is that? Why is that still happening at this point? These are not these are not eleven true freshmen that have never played football before on the field for you. These are a lot of experienced guys, and and yes, not a, not all of them have a ton of experience in this scheme, but they've played at this level quite a bit. And the hope is that one week you roll it out there, and everyone's on point and doing what they're doing. This would be a good week. For that to happen based on what we've seen kind of throughout the year i don't know how you go into this one thinking yep here it comes here comes the week where everything comes together and so ultimately it feels like someone's got to make a play some some individual guy's got to knock a ball out or pick a pick a ball off do something to create a a momentum shifting play for that USC defense. Well, one thing they can't do is they cannot become undisciplined. I think this goes to the root problem that even though they've had a lot, I mean, you you could be transferring here, there, and everywhere. Some of the basics of, of football doesn't doesn't change because you go from one school to another. They can't have, uh, and apologies to Bear Alexander, uh, you cannot have a roughing the passer call I mean, that's not, I mean, does anybody think that Alex Grant says, we can't do that? You cannot do that. You're killing us. And what is he going to say? Uh, he's going to stand on the sidelines and cry. You know, I mean, with all due respect, I mean, 
you have to, especially in this environment, which will be high powered end of the season, you know, national game of the week, prime time. You cannot lose uh, your discipline on this and say, if I hadn't done that, they would have had to have punt, punted the ball. Uh, you can't do that. And we'll see who loses their poise. Poise is like basically uh, translated as saying uh, the pressure was too great on me and I couldn't control it. It was an out-of-body experience. But that isn't going to cut it. It's just not. All right, let's go to fourth down. That's the number, right? What's your number, your stat? The the number that you're looking at in this one that you think is going to be pretty key. I'm going to say the number. I'm going to go with the number seven. I don't think SC can give up more than seven touchdowns. And the reason for that is if you multiply, you know, five times seven, uh, you know, we're, we're not about field goals, but if they give up more than seven touchdowns, uh, I don't care how good the SC offense is. Uh, if they can, if, if, I mean, it's very possible that Washington will score more than seven points. I've seen point spreads where it says that they're going to score 52, 48, you know, but I could see a game of like 42 to 35, something like that. Uh, cause we can't predict turnovers and fumbles, but more importantly, interceptions. But that number seven, it just sticks in my, in my head. And, um, if SC scores seven touchdowns, I kind of expect it to happen. But uh, I don't think that SC should be in a game where it's in the 50s uh, or even high 40s, but it's probable. Probable. You know, I, I'm with you. 50. 50 was my number. I Look, the USC Cal game was a race to 50. This one feels like a, this one feels like a race to 50. I think we've talked so much about the USC – defense and what the problems are there and why they can't slow teams down it it is what it is on that side and it sounds ridiculous when the usc defensive numbers are what they are and their their national rankings are what they are and they've given up the number of points and rushing yards and passing yards to some of these teams that they've played it feels absolutely ridiculous to be talking about the USC offense, right? What, what's what's wrong with them? Why can't they score? Why are they going through these laws? It's crazy. The USC offense is doing everything you need to do to win games when the defense needs to hold someone to, tw- to 28 points, to 24 points. Try, try less than 20 every once in a while, right? Like get, get something like that. Even last year, that Oregon State game where the defense kind of rose up and, and got the turnovers, uh, and enough stops there. But again, it's you throw in the towel a little bit trying to talk about what's going on with the defense and can they show up and can they shut this team down? USC's got to score points. USC's got to score points and they've got to keep scoring points in this one. And it feels like you've got to get to 50 for me. I know I've seen, uh, I think I think the over-under started at, at 76 for this one and kind of like, like you're mentioning, 42, 35. 35 unless unless they just agree to kind of kneel down every once in a while or not play the second quarter or whatever it is 35 feels so low to a game again under the lights and with all the pressure where you know someone is blowing assignments somewhere because of that 
And these two offenses put so much pressure on you as a defense to be so good. And these defenses have not. It, it, and college football is crazy. We may be talking about a 17 14 game, uh, you know, Saturday night, but I, I doubt that. And I think that USC offense has got to go pedal all the way down, not let up. And I think you've got to get to 50 in this one. That That's what it feels like for me. And, you know, let's not lose sight of this. Washington, as well as Oregon, they're going into the Big Ten next year, right? So you're still going to be recruiting, okay, uh, and making a statement. It's not like SC can sit there and say, well, you know what, we're in the Big Ten and everybody else on the West Coast besides UCLA uh, isn't. This, this is going to send a message out there uh, because it's such a high-profile game, and there's going to be a slew of recruits, as you well know. You're a recruiting guru here on wersc.com. It, it's the type of game that you want to make sure that all the all the T's are crossed, and the, because if they if they have SC's dispenses a stinker, how's that recruiting going to go? Because we know the recruiting is always two years from now it kind of shows up uh and so even when they go to oregon you know there is messages being sent you know because of these scores and how these teams perform so that's a little something that you know back of your mind it's there yeah yep so we'll be there at the Coliseum 4:30 Saturday uh late afternoon into the evening again it'll it'll be on ABC big time game the number five Washington Huskies coming into the Coliseum. So Trojan fans, hope you enjoy that one. Hope, hope SC puts on a show, right? Lincoln Riley talked about, we need this to be electric. We're ready to go. Uh, can't wait for the atmosphere in there. And and hopefully the game kind of lives up to all the, all the pregame talk uh, about it, looking for a, a big one for the Trojans. So uh, for Greg Katz, this is Eric McKinney. Thank you for watching four downs. Thank you for watching. We are SC.